Welcome to Sneaker Dads, I'm John Ratner. This is the 85th episode of the podcast and I can't thank everyone enough for the ongoing support. Last week was no exception, we had so many listeners to the episode with Curated Van. Don't miss it. This week, I welcome Chris, aka CB5950. He's a longtime collector of sneakers and fitted hats, a father, and a photographer creator that definitely strays from the norm. He shares stories, tips, and his perspective, so let's get into it. Chris, welcome. I appreciate you having me, John. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, thanks for doing this. I appreciate uh, your time, and I will talk about what you've been up to. I know you're uh, you're busy, and um, you know, with the world getting a little bit back to normal, I think we all of our fathers, mothers, and and non parents too. Things are things are getting back to normal, but we'll talk about what you're up to soon. But first, I have to ask you, most importantly, what's in the rotation? What have you been wearing on feet recently? Yeah, so um, your comments about just the state of the world, so. I work from home, um, you know, so that's two years of really just sitting, you know, I go from upstairs, come downstairs and I'm at work, you know, within a couple of minutes. So I haven't been wearing as many of the shoes as I wanted to. And we'll dive into this in a bit. But really all the pairs that I've worn, you know, that I've probably purchased in the last two, two and a half years, haven't really been wearing, which is kind of getting out of, out of hand, out of control a little bit. But I will say the beginning of this year stepping out a little bit more, nothing too crazy, but have been able to, to rock some things. So as far as like what I've just had in rotation, it's honestly been, uh, you know, my go-to shoes. So, you know, Air Force Ones, been really big on Air Force Ones for a very long time. Um, you know, so I've done a lot of IDs. I did, uh, I think, uh, maybe four or five Nike IDs, uh, Air Force Ones, kind of over this whole, uh, you know, during the pandemic. And so, you know, just finally getting a chance to break those out, wear those. Obviously, when I'm running to the store or anything, um, you know, I'll throw in my Shadow Ones. Um, Shadow Ones, Royal Ones, two of my favorite shoes of all time. So I'm usually just throwing those on. And those are those pairs are beat. Uh, so, you know, I throw those on, run errands, whether it's dropping off some packages, you know, picking up some milk, whatever. Um, you know, that that's what I'm rocking. So, yeah, just I'm really trying to get in the habit of, of wearing all the stuff that I've been buying, you know, over the last couple of years. Yeah, I definitely see in your pictures the ones in there and some of the Air Force ones. I know I've brought a few of those IDs. They've been giving us the options. They haven't been giving us options on the, a lot of the silhouettes, but Air Force ones have been giving us giving us some choices. So I wasn't going to ask this now, but like, what what's in the closet? Is it all over the place? I know people spent, <laughs> like you talked about, being at home, unfortunately, or fortunately, the way you look at it, either way. People kind of accumulated some stacks. For me, it was more hats, which we'll talk about. But uh, actually, the first part of the pandemic, I was buying a lot of sneakers. So, like, what's it look like? It's dead stock pairs of, like, mostly Nikes? Yeah, so uh, a ton of Nikes. I, I think I have a pretty decent, you know, collection um, as far as, like, diversity. I won't say it's the most diverse. It's definitely a majority Nike. So growing up or not even growing up, but maybe more so in high school, really heavy in the Nike SB wave. And that was mainly because nobody else was buying them. So I kind of gravitated towards that. Those were, you know, at that time, way easier to get than now. Um, now it's 
dang near impossible unless you, you know somebody. And so I grew up heavy on that. Um, you know, like I said before, Air Force One. So buying a lot of that. Uh, but I also love things like um, ASICs, you know, gel light threes. I love those. You know, I'm constantly still buying them. They're not going as crazy as they were. I want to say maybe in 2015, 2016, where there was a, a lot of stuff going on. But, um, you know, I have a lot of those. Uh, I was really big in uh, Sockenies. So when they did a lot of partnership with a bunch of different YouTubers and stuff, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with that, John, but yeah. a lot of guys had, you know, different collaborations. Uh, and there was just a big wave that was going on. They were very creative. They were doing like those ice cream packs and, you know, they had the collab with feature where they were dropping, I uh, forget the name of it, but it was, I think about three or four colorways that they had. So, you know, I've been really big into that. So I always try to, to dive into, uh, you know, just different brands and not just stick with Nike's. <laughs> And, you know, from a Jordan perspective, um, Jordan ones and Jordan sixes is mainly what I pick up. I'm not the biggest, um, you know, fan of, of all the other kind of models, mainly because they're a lot more bulkier sometimes or, you know, just they didn't always fit with uh, my style and my attire. But I think I can incorporate that a lot more just because I, I probably experiment a lot more these days. But, uh, yeah, that, that's really what, um, you know, I try to pick up. So obviously. Nike Dunks has been crazy. So I've been picking up a whole lot of those recently. Um, there's been a lot of good, you know, Jordan collabs picking those up. So and then every once in a while, I'll try to get some some new balance in there, which they've seen a, a huge, you know, uh, resurgence going on. Uh, I'm not really big on Adidas. Uh, I've tried to kind of get into it. You know, the, the Ultra Boost was, you know, like a big wave. But to me at that time, they were too expensive. So I just, I stayed away from it. And that's how, and you'll hear that in some of my stories later of like a lot of my collection early on was just driven by how much something costs. And so, you know, with Air Force Ones, a lot of the times, you know, back then under a hundred bucks, I was able to just easily pick those up with the, you know, the kind of BS job I was working with my little checks. So um, I always just kind of gravitated that again, you know, when you had the Nike SBs, you know, you're, you're anywhere from, you know, even with the Blazers, you know, the SB Blazers I buy a lot of. So I was spending anywhere from 75 to maybe 120 max, you know, on, on SBs, whereas again, Jordans were a little bit more expensive. So that's why I kind of uh, stayed away from that until, you know, I was more of a, a big boy adult and, you know, had some some uh, better disposable income because I definitely made some poor decisions uh, financially uh, to pick up certain shoes. So sounds like we have some similar tastes. I know you talked about ASICs. I picked up a few this year. They've been kind of giving us a little bit of yep. gel threes here and there and some nice quality ones. And uh, I definitely like to dabble in in different brands. You You hinted at some of your early days. Can you take us back to kind of early days when it started maybe or when things started to pick up when you started to care? Yeah. So uh, I kind of look at it as uh, kind of three phases. So my earliest kind of memory of being able to just have on like some dope shoes and people realize it. I think I was in the third or fourth grade and I had the uh, the black and white uh, air up tempos. So, you know, you know, ones that had the, the big air on, on the side. And, um, you know, I was always a really shy kid. I didn't talk a lot. And so this was me first going into, again, I don't know if it was third or fourth grade, but, you know, first day, you know, it's all new kids. I'm sitting down and, uh, you know, it's a group of guys, you know, kind of sitting around me. And the first thing when I'm like, oh, man, those shoes are cool. And so that kind of just really sparked it. 
uh, to kind of get things going. And so I, I remember after that day, like I, you know, I, I was like, oh, I'm popular. Like people are, are, you know, they they love my shoes that I got on. And that was always kind of the thing for me is, you know, each grade, I wasn't very vocal all the time, but people kind of gravitated towards me because I had cool shoes, you know, thankful that my mom was able to maybe pick me up a few pairs. I didn't get everything I wanted, but, you know, she was able to get me, you know, anywhere from like, you know, three to five, you know, new shoes. And that, and that was a lot back then for, you know, a young kid to, to have in rotation. So uh, that was always helpful. So I feel like that was my first phase of, of saying, hey, like there's kind of like a, a community or a thing around this, you know, having shoes. And so uh, I want to say my freshman year in high school, um, and that would have been around maybe 03, 04, um, where that's when like Nike SB was going crazy. You had like pigeon dunks and just all this stuff. And I would just hear all these stories. And again, I didn't have the money for it. And at that time, things kind of changed financially for my mom. So she wasn't just spending crazy uh, like that for shoes anymore. So that was kind of the point where I was trying to figure out, you know, different ways, whether it was making some sales, selling different things on the side or whatever, or just, you know, saving my birthday money, saving my Christmas money from family to try to pick up stuff. But, uh, you know, again, kind of in that that time period of, of high school is when I was like, hey, man, like I really want to pick up a lot of these shoes. You know, I got really, really heavy into Air Force Ones because, again, like I said, with that low price point, it was it was kind of easier to pick things up. Uh, so I think I started just accumulating uh, those shoes just by saving my money, any kind of money that I got, I would save it. And then uh, I actually had a friend, um, his name is Jonathan. And I used to just like trade with him, you know, so, hey, you know, I've been wearing these shoes for a while. So then, you know, do you want them? What you got? You know, so we kind of exchanged shoes. Unfortunately, that didn't last very long because he hit he kind of hit like a growth spurt. So he was already uh, wearing a much bigger size by that point. And I, I stayed pretty small until almost like I would say maybe my junior junior year of high school. So uh, but that that lasted a decent amount of time where I was able to kind of to, to rotate things. And I think that was a really cool time because you look at now you got stuff like trade block or just all these different apps where people are just now kind of being able to trade, whether it's new or, or gently used shoes. And so that was kind of like, you know, my first introduction of having a community and just trading with friends and different things like that. And then um, I'll go into kind of my third phase. Before you do, before you yeah. do. Was this in Texas? Is that where you grew up? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm born and raised Austin, Texas. Um, I went to I lived in Dallas for a few years uh, for college, um, but then I moved back to Austin. But, yeah, I've, I've always been in, in Texas. So uh, things that were popular here probably was maybe a whole lot different than what everybody else wa was doing. But, yeah, I've been here, um, you know, in Texas all my life. But you were able to find what you wanted locally. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, with me, um, you know, the Internet you know, being able to jump online and find different stuff, that was always really helpful. Um, you know, I used to always go look at the Nike Talk uh, blog. I know that was like a real huge thing. Uh, a friend of mine, he introduced me to that. I'm like, oh, people sit online and just like talk about shoes. Like that was kind of a, a, a new concept to, you know, to me. And I felt like, you know, at my age, I was part of that kind of boom of the social media and everything that was going on. I was like, you know, I was right there when all that was happening. So it was just interesting to see the transition of, you know, hey, this is kind of how you bought things of, you know, you had to go into the store. You only knew what your hometown or your high school or your middle school 
was wearing or doing. And then you move into, okay, you got this internet age of, you can see what people are wearing, you know, all over the, the world. And so I felt like that really opened my eyes again to different things to try out. And actually, um, if I can back up, uh, uh, something else that was a really big part of kind of me really getting into shoes when I was younger, uh, there was a shoe store. We don't have it here anymore. I don't actually know if any of them are open anymore, but uh, it's called Just for Feet. And that store, it used to have a half court uh, inside. So basketball, uh, court inside. And so their whole concept was, Hey, come in, you know, get some shoes and then like immediately go, go test them on the court. Um, and then they also had like snacks. They did like hot dogs, popcorn. Uh, they had music playing. They had like these big TVs. So that was always like a cool spot. I would just go there. I would always ask my mom, can I just go there to hang out? Like I didn't even, you know, I wasn't going to buy any shoes, but I just wanted to go there to hang out. So just being around that, there was always people who was in there, you know, you know, people shooting hoops, watching sports, you know, picking up all the the, the new shoes that were there. So uh, that was a really big part uh, for me because I felt like that was very interactive. You know, that was a very interactive way to be kind of introduced to that where you were able to do so much in that space uh, versus like maybe a foot locker or a champs where, you know, they might throw some events here and there, but it's kind of the, the, the same song and dance. You walk in, they ask you, Hey, do you need help with a size? And then they walk away and you're just kind of, you know, stuck looking at the wall. So, but the just for feet, they were, you know, always encouraging you to do different things. They're handing you snacks. They're telling you about the new shoes. So that was always a, a, a really cool uh, thing for me growing up. So, awesome. yeah. So take us, take us to phase three there. Yeah. So, so phase three um, in college. So I had uh, one of my, you know, so, so my really good friends to this day, my best friends, you know, one of them, um, Caduce, another guy, Mike, uh, you know, they're, they were really big into to sneakers as well. And I think that also just kind of helped push me into uh, being involved in different stuff as well. So they were really big on going up, lining up for the Jordans. You know, that was so we're talking, uh, you know, if we're talking college, we're talking about 2007 to about 2011, 2012. And so, you know, a lot of lineups, a lot of things that were going on for the retro Jordans, you know, 11s every December going crazy. Uh, so they were really heavily involved with that. I was still kind of more in my SBs, um, you know, my Air Force Ones, but it was always cool to hear the stories from them and, and see what was going on. And so uh, with those guys, we would always, you know, it'd be times we go and buy the same shoe and, you know, wear them on campus. And, you know, we, we kind of got known for that or people would notice or, or notice, that, oh, those guys, they always got, you know, the fly kicks on. And so that was kind of just something that we started doing. And then also in college, I uh, got really heavy into like graphic design and wanting to just create videos and doing different things. So, you know, I would always take our MySpace pictures and then it, it, def it transitioned into Facebook. But, you know, we, we would I would take the pictures and add these little graphics and our names and different stuff on. it. And so uh, just getting with those guys and, and sharing that passion, I would say that was a really big kind of phase three where I felt like I, I found my footing. You know, I, I found, a, a you know, kind of where I fit in this kind of sneaker community, because, again, a lot of uh, a lot of the early days was not really being able to buy anything, kind of more so looking, being able to pick up some of the cheaper items. But again, I wasn't, I didn't have the money, but in college, you know, you get your refund checks and I was irresponsibly spending that. 
on shoes. So, you know, I, I was like, oh, had had a little extra money. So I was able to pick up on some different pairs, um, you know, and stuff like that. So that was really, I would say that that strong phase three of just getting around, you know, some people that really enjoyed it and just being around them every day. Cause you know, that's a, that's a different environment of, Hey, I'm hanging out with some people. Then I go home versus in college, you're around these people, you know, 24 seven, pretty much, you know, uh, Mike, uh, the one I mentioned, he was my roommate and, you know, and then Caduce would always come over. So it was like, I'm, I'm in that lifestyle all the time. It wasn't just when I was out somewhere. So I think that, that really, uh, kind of just had me all right, this is, this is what I love this, or these are the shoes I love. And I, it just kind of ballooned from there, really. Very cool. So are you the type who would have held on to everything over the years, or is it more of a cycle in, cycle out type of thing? Yeah, so a uh, really good question. So I feel like there were kind of phases of my collection. So um, most of everything that I had before 2007, pretty much gone. Um, and mainly that could have been because, you know, hit a growth spurt, grew out of it, whatever the case may be. Um, but then from 2007 to about 2017, I was holding on to pretty much everything to where it got ridiculous. You know, I had things and granted, I wasn't spinning like crazy, but I was still picking up a lot of shoes. So I wasn't uh, letting anything go. Um, and 2017, I guess, was a, that was a, a huge point for me because uh, that was when my daughter was born. So I was basically trying to make room and, you know, free up some money. So uh, I regret a lot of what I let go at that time. You know, I was letting go of, you know, all, you know, SBs, you know, very old Air Force Ones that were just great quality. You know, even certain uh, retro Jordans uh, that I just really love. So I was getting rid of a lot of things having the mindset of, oh, I can probably just get some of this back. Um, foolish to think that I'm going to be able to find some of the stuff that I have. But, you know, at the time it made sense. So I feel like that was a phase. And then basically from 2017 to now, you know, you, you're picking up, there's a lot more collabs. Uh, retros are coming out more often, you know, than ever at this point. So I was able to probably accumulate three times what I already had pretty fast. And then I did hold on to a lot of stuff. You know, I didn't get rid of, I didn't just go cold turkey and get rid of everything. So that was good too. I held on to certain pairs that kind of meant something to me. There was some story or, hey, I can look at this pair and remember where I got them from. Because if you think about that, Johnny, you know, um, now you just get everything online. You know, you get online, you battle the bots or you battle everybody else going for the same shoes. You, you know, you're solving the captures and you, and you hope you get the, the pair or you get on sneakers, you select your size, and you cross your fingers. Well, a lot of those early shoes was, oh, let me leave class a little bit early or, man, I walked into the mall and there's a pair of, you know, the Unheaven Gates SBs just sitting there in my size, you know, with that left shoe or the right shoe, whatever shoe they had on display is dusty as hell. So it's like, you know, being able to just uh, go in and find gems like that. I even remember, you know, picking up, uh, you know, some the what was it? The uh, the varsity red and black uh, Jordan sixes walked in, was able to just get those out of the mall. You don't have that anymore. You know, if you do, it's probably what the kids these days call a brick shoe. So. Um, you know, I, I definitely miss some of those days. Again, I wasn't big on the lineups, but I love being able to just walk in somewhere and be able to get a shoe. And so we're kind of in this age where everything is either you're buying it online or you got to connect. And so uh, and I, I don't um, I don't buy a resale. 
I don't blame anyone who takes that route, but I'm of the opinion of, hey, it's going to be something else that comes around that I like. So I don't really want to shell out $300, $400 for a pair of shoes with at the amount of shoes I got, I might wear twice a year. So uh, I really try to avoid that. I'm, I'm retail or, or I don't need it. And then that's just kind of, I feel like that's kind of helped me um, kind of stick, uh, control my habit, uh, you know, as far as it getting too out of hand. I agree. And, you know, in 2017, who would have guessed that the sneaker market would have come to where it is now? Well, you can't get anything from there. You yes. Get like an ASICS collab that Ronnie did or something like they're all thousand dollars now. Like, it's yes, not like, you know, and, and some of them were so-called bricks back then. And you probably didn't get uh, what you wanted out of them in hindsight, but you get what you can in every phase. You get what you can out of it. You got to clear out. You got to do what you can do. I want to go back to sneakers, but uh, for those of us in the hat community, know when your your Instagram named CB5950, we know what 5950, that's a new era fitted. So tell us a little bit about your interest in hats. Yeah, so um, hats goes way back, I want to say, senior year of high school. So uh, no tattoos. I didn't have piercings. You know, I don't have any piercings. uh, So I was like, no, I didn't wear jewelry. So I was like, I need an accessory. I feel like I need something to kind of help the outfit out. And so, you know, and I always had hats here and there, you know, back in the day. But um, I really felt like in high school where I was kind of finding what my style was. I'm like, man, I want to kind of add a little bit more. So, you know, I always see some cool hats and lids or whatever the case may be, pick those up. And, you know, then that became a crazy habit where if I got, you know, um, my senior year at the time I was working at Sonic. So I get my check. I'm probably buying at least one hat minimum uh, every check. So, you know, those, those started just stacking up and I'm getting a, a bunch of hats to the point where I was kind of known for, Oh, that's, you know, that's Chris. He, he's got all the hats. He's, he wears all the, the hats that match his shoes. And so that was kind of like my branding. And so the CB, that's my initials, Chris Baker, um, CB5950. I've been going by that kind of social media name forever. You know, that dates back to, you know, college days. And it's funny you brought that up, John, is sometimes people ask me, like, what do those numbers mean? Is that like your, is that from your birthday? Is that from whatever? So that's always like a fun story to be like, oh, no, it's it's just from fitted hats. And that was always like a, a, a deep passion for me, you know, just as much as shoes, you know, buying hats. And I'll say recently it's been uh, even crazier, I want to say, at least for me, the last two years, I know a lot of these different shops, they've probably been uh, going pretty crazy, maybe the last three or four years. But uh, me just really paying attention to these releases like their sneakers has been kind of like the last two, two and a half years of, you know, you got so many options. Again, back when back when I was in you know college and even high school, it was I was going to lids or I was probably trying to find like some fashion hats online. You know, it wasn't really a ton of options. Now you've got a plethora of stores doing, you know, the, these these dope customs. So. Uh, yeah, that hats have just always been kind of my way of expressing myself because, again, I didn't really delve into too much other stuff, never bought jewelry, didn't have tattoos or anything. So it, it really just started of how can I elevate my outfits? Yeah, and it really is like sneakers now. I, I think even people like you who've been into hats for a long time will acknowledge that, you know, 10 years ago, five years ago, it wasn't like this. People were into it. People were passionate. People collected hats fitted hats and they were serious about it 
but it wasn't number one this mainstream and the releases weren't like this and the designs weren't like this right right yeah no 100 percent. it's it's so crazy and it's it, funny because it makes me feel older than what i am when i see you know all the hype that goes behind it you know you can you get 20 plus drops a week you know and it, with with most of these hats being anywhere from like 45 sometimes up to 65 70 dollars you know you can spend a lot of money uh you know trying to pick up a lot of these hats so yeah it, it really um that's why i always find it fascinating just to kind of look what's going on you know people are paying hundreds of dollars resale uh for a lot of these hats on like ebay and stuff and i find myself just occasionally looking online and just kind of seeing how prices are i'm like man like yeah this is this is a, a big deal right now. Again, like you said, John, people have been buying hats. You know, there's always been fitted hat collectors for forever. But uh, in these last few years, it's really just been like madness to where I think a lot of people get that FOMO effect where I personally feel like these hats don't even look good, but they're going to sell out. And so uh, that's just kind of the name of the game. And and it's almost it's similar to sneakers to where if a, a collection comes out, let's say Hat Club drops something. Uh, you know, you're going for a Texas hat or whatever that you really like. If it sells out and that was what you want, you're more likely to just go and just grab another hat just because. And that's kind of that space that we're in is where you're just picking up stuff just because it might be worth something for you to either sell, trade or whatever the case may be. And so you find yourself just buying things for the sake of buying it. That's that's where hats are and that's where shoes are. Shoes is to the point where you got to enter basically every raffle, every draw to possibly come up on something. And so it's, it's crazy to see that's where we are in hats of like you're not even just buying maybe your favorite team or whatever the case may be. You're just going to buy whatever else is dope that's available and uh, that drop. Yeah, you just get caught up and get caught up in the hype. And and it's just like sneakers, just like you said. And I've said this before, but I've slowed down on sneakers. And I don't want to go any more deep into it, but let's just say I'm glad I'm not buying sneakers because based on what's going on in my hat, in my hat collection, yeah. I, I could. So a lot. I got, I it's got a lot. Enough, I got enough hats, but uh, I definitely wanted to talk a little bit about hats, but take it back to sneakers and hats because you do, you do uh, rock your hats in your photos. I want to talk about your creating content specifically on your Instagram and how you incorporate the fashion into it, but maybe first you could tell us what you've been doing in terms of your photography. Yeah. So um, again, kind of going back uh, to college days, that's when I really picked up on photography or where I was like, Oh man, I, I like having a camera in my hand. And it, it started off for um, a long time of just capturing random stuff, you know, might be people walking in the street, but it might just be buildings, some flowers, maybe some mountains if I was taking a trip, you know, it wasn't a lot of this kind of fashion or, or kind of space that I'm in now or that I kind of carved out for myself. So for a very long time, it was just kind of capturing that, but I was kind of building up some expertise in using a camera and things of that nature. And so, you know, you kind of fast forward to where, you know, Instagram's popping off and I never wanted to necessarily be an influencer, but I wanted to be able to show, um, things that I felt made myself unique and not unique in a sense of I'm the only one doing it. I'm, I'm damn sure not the only person buying shoes and hats, but in a sense of being able to say, Hey, this is kind of my style. This is my personality. Um, and, you know, cause usually, usually the uh, persona of people online is not really themselves, but my Instagram, that's me. I am in the house taking pictures. I'm putting on outfits 
for 20 minutes just to kind of hang out like that's me. I'm not creating this crazy image of, of who I am. So that was what it really was, is me trying to be able to showcase things that I was passionate about, um, you know, and, and so that's that's where I kind of started taking my page. And so I, I did a lot of portrait photography. I do paid work a lot of times. So I'll do kind of your traditional stuff, you know, birthday pictures, whatever the case may be. And you know, I do that. But when it comes to creating for myself, it was always, hey, let me incorporate the fashion. So I did a lot of that kind of getting those images. But as you probably see, John, you click on Explore page, it's going to be flooded with so many different people kind of doing that of showing out, showing up outfits and they've got the crazy expensive shoes. They got all the crazy off whites and all that. And I got some pretty dope stuff. You know, I got some Travis Scott's in the collection. I got some off whites, but you know, the really what people gravitate towards on Instagram is all the hype. And so I was like, well, that's kind of a crowded space. So let me just kind of figure out something else. And so again, I have that background of doing graphic design um, so I was like, man, let me try, let me try what, what is something different I can do? And so, uh, one of my best friends, uh, Torrance, he started kind of doing, uh, the photo manipulation first. So he kind of incorporated some of those things. And so I would see that I was like, huh, how can I take this and maybe go like maybe a step further? So that's when I started getting a lot of the ideas to, Hey, I'll put on a cool outfit, but, I'll show myself, I'll, I'll take my head off and I'll be holding it, you know, and just different things like that. And so I, those were always kind of creative thoughts that I've always had of, um, you know, doing things with my arm, making myself taller, kind of stretching myself out, whatever the case may be, just doing, you know, just weird things. And that was always kind of stuff that I've done. Again, college days of us always doing skits and just always creative stuff. And so uh, I just basically took all of that and started incorporating it into, you know, what's going on now. So, hey, I want to do a nice fit pick, but I'm going to put a twist to it. I'm going to do something different. And I feel like I don't see a lot of the kind of content I'm creating. So that just kind of keeps me uh, going and, and keeps me creative and really pushing myself uh, to kind of create because art and, you know, art is, is, you know, something I love, you know, being able to just create and showcase again with me not being a big talker. I don't, I'm not going to be someone who walks in the room and just starts talking and cause it, there's people like that and, and no shot to those type of people, but that's how they build relationships. My way of building a relationship is, Hey, let me walk in. You may notice, Oh man, like his outfit's really dope. Let me go ask him where he got the shoes from or where did that hat come from? Now you're asking me about an interest. That's going to spark a conversation. So that's kind of my way of saying, Hey, I'm just going to create and, make these these images and do different things do the talking for me and then that's how you kind of figure out my personality so that that all that's all all things that kind of just spearheaded why I started creating it just to do something different just to kind of step outside of the box and then even be able to connect with other people who might find the stuff to be cool yeah and it's certainly refreshing and it's cool it's fun to look at I was looking at them through I'm with my son today because I he always says oh yeah well who are you who are you interviewed to who are you got on the podcast and I showed him it was cool and it, and it gave it gave me an idea for a question to ask you because I'm wondering how difficult it is and then the sneakerhead and hat head in me wonders how much attention do you pay to what you're wearing and how much of it is about really what you're going to do with the photo I mean I imagine the hat and the outfit isn't the hardest part to pick out, but but it's a little piece of it. And then is it a long process? Yeah. So um, the process is actually not bad, especially when I'm creating for myself. Now, if I'm if someone asked me to kind of duplicate the same thing for them, it's a completely different uh, 
story. I got to kind of think it out more just because I may not personally know them well. So I got to figure out what they might like, what are some things that interest. But a lot of my stuff is usually inspired by what might happen during that day. Uh, so, for example, there's um, a picture that I posted um, with me and my daughter and she's holding my head and there's butterflies kind of coming out of my neck. And the butterflies came from she likes butterflies. And she was like, hey, you know, she'll you know, she might be watching cartoons that has butterflies on it or, you know, there's just something that's going on. And so I'll just take little pieces of things like that and incorporate it. And the whole so a lot of my pictures is me finding ways to remove my head. And that just came from um, it's it's kind of like a running joke of like, oh, you know how are you going to take your head off next or what, what's kind of the next phase or what can you do different? And so that's kind of like a, a joke amongst kind of people that might comment or, or DM me about my pictures. And so that's why I was kind of, that's kind of my brand of like, Hey, it's going to be a cool picture with my head removed, but then there's going to be some other elements. And so the actual ideas, they come, I don't really think them through. What I usually do is I set up my equipment. I kind of get how my angles or however when I, I want to do it. Um, and then I pick the outfit. So really the hardest part of kind of putting everything together is the outfit. I tend to try to put on maybe something that I didn't wear or occasionally I might have a brand reach out to me and they want to send me something. So I'll try to incorporate a piece that they send me. Um, and I'm not saying I'm this crazy, again, influencer that gets all this stuff, but every once in a while I might get something sent to me. So I'll incorporate that. Or it, I might just be like, man, I've been wearing, you know, a black t-shirt every day as I work, I just want to spruce it up. So I'll just kind of find something, you know, again, I probably got two or three hats coming in every week or whatever, you know, something crazy like that. So, Hey, new hat, I want to kind of show it off. And so uh, that's really, it just comes together that way. Now the actual process of the editing that takes a really long time um, just because I'm never just satisfied uh, with it. So sometimes I got to pull myself away. There's times where I might start editing at eight, and I won't pull myself away until two, three o'clock in the morning. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of the time I'm, you know, it's just really little things. Again, probably stuff, the, you know, the normal eye wouldn't see. But I'm like, man, I don't like that shadow. I got to fix that. Or, oh, I don't like the highlight here. I got to fix that. So uh, the whole just piecing it together. I feel like I've been doing it so long. It's just I can I can crank something out really quickly for myself. Um, and then the editing process, I might be spending anywhere from, you know, four plus hours uh, just kind of putting everything together. Yeah. So you mentioned your daughter and your family seems like they're in a, quite a few photos. What do they think? Did, did they take some time to warm up to the idea? Are they always into it? They have to twist their arms sometimes. Yeah, no, I think. um with my family kind of all having creative things that they enjoy. So, um, you know, my partner, Mel, she, she does sneaker cookies, um, which are, you know, I, I'm biased of course, but they're phenomenal. I feel like I've never seen uh, cookies like that, but she's into baking. Uh, so she, you know, that's her creative element. Uh, she's always been good at kind of designing sets. So there's been times where we'll do photos of my daughter and she'll kind of design how everything looks in the background. So she's got a really uh, kind of creative, uh, you know, mind and brain. Um, my stepson, you know, he likes to build games. He's excellent at drawing. Uh, he's really good at that. And then my daughter, she loves to to dance. She's into singing. She's into trying to draw. She's into all of that. And so I think she also, when she sees me doing certain things, she kind of gravitates or wants to be a part of it. So it's never an issue or a problem getting them involved because 
um, as a unit, I feel like we're really creative and always trying to do stuff like that. So it's just another way for everybody to really bond together or just spend some time. Yeah, they look uh, they look pretty comfortable in front of a camera and considering. Well, I guess they can't see what you're going to do with it. So yeah, <laughs> look like that. They just they they trust me. They trust me, I, and I never even just fully say, "Hey, this is what's going on." And what I, I think what I really love too is with my daughter being four. You know that you know trying to get a toddler to stand still or do some of these things could be difficult, but she nails it. Now I know my limits. I usually will wait for her to say, I want to take a picture versus me asking her. And that's why I would never, I don't think I could ever just like have her in every single picture or even try to start a page for her. Cause she does, she doesn't want to do that all the time. And so the, anytime you see her in a picture, it's, that's a mutual thing. It wasn't me like trying to get her to do everything. So I try to, uh, that, that's what I do is I will only incorporate the family when they're comfortable. I don't try to force them because then that just makes the whole process harder because I'm asking them to put cardboard over their head. I'm asking them to hold their neck. You know, I'm asking them to do all kinds of crazy stuff. So I I pick and choose my battles when I I try to incorporate them into what's going on. That's an experienced photographer's advice that I think applies to everybody trying to get a kid in a picture and sometimes trying to get an adult in a picture. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. And I jumped out to take a picture of my wife and she's not in the mood. It's not happening. You're not yep. getting a good picture. You might as well not bother. Right. <laughs> right. What, what about sneakers? Are they into sneakers at all? Yeah. So um, I think uh, I feel like I've rubbed off on on everybody tremendously. So um, my daughter, I feel like she she likes sneakers, but she's so young. So there's no telling. She might grow up to be like, I don't really care about it. But when she gets a new pair, she's excited. She always smells them and she didn't get it from me. I don't know where she got the whole smelling a new shoe from, but she always wants to smell it. She's looking for the stickers in the box. So uh, I feel like she really enjoys that. Um, and then, um, with Mel, she, when we first met, she wasn't really big in sneakers, but again, seeing me buy them or I would buy her pairs and she would rock it. So she started to to show an interest. She wouldn't know, oh, that's a, a Jordan one or that's an Air Max one. So I feel like she started picking up one that just, you know, with me buying so many pairs, her seeing so many pairs coming in and out. And then with her, um, you know, with her baking cookies, she gets a lot of requests to do sneaker cookies. So you know, you got to kind of know a little bit of that, too, because a lot of times people say, hey, just do whatever you think is best or, hey, I just want a Jordan one you picking it. So she's learning. Oh, that's a royal. That's a shadow. That's a bread. You know, some of those different things. So I think it's just that that's kind of like a natural thing where when you spend so much time around someone, you you tend to pick up on on some of the things that they like. So um, and same with my stepson. We buy him, you know, uh, sneakers and stuff. And he's you know, with him being in middle school, that's really that first phase of kids are going to start caring about that. If you come in with some wax shoes, they might make fun of you. They might, you know, they might, whatever the case may be. And so, you know, we, we, we keep him, you know, pretty laced up and he's got some good ones and he's been enjoying it or he'll, he'll see certain shoes like, oh man, I like those. Uh, so yeah, I think it's just, it, it's a fun experience uh, for everybody. There's times where we'll go to sneaker events, you know, everyone go together. So I think it's just something we all kind of enjoy every once in a while together. I obviously spearhead all of it, but they, they've gravitated towards it for sure. Yeah. And being uh, still a, a much younger father than me, I'm curious if there's been any sort of evolution you've seen because you've, you talked about selling, you know, some pairs to make room for your daughter, but I'm wondering if, if 
you know, and, you know, everyone's buying what they're buying, you know, <laughs> whether it's a Jordan one they want or a Jordan one that they don't want, and they're going to, they're going to flip it for the next one. Do you think your style has changed or is changing at all? Or are you still sticking with like, you know, the things you talked about? I, I feel like I am, you know, I still buy a six. I still buy Jordans, you know, some things, you know, maybe, you know, I'm not so into the, all the Jordan numbers back in the day, maybe I would, I would rock a six or a seven and, and now I don't so much and maybe fashion is part of it. Do you think your style has changed over the years or is changing? Yeah. So funny you ask that. I, I kind of like, if I went back and I pulled up a picture of myself from like, let's say 2010, what I'm wearing is almost very similar to the kind of stuff that I'm wearing now. Granted, you know, the size of clothing was, we were wearing much bigger clothes uh, at that time period. Um, and kind of transitioning into more fitted clothes. But I feel like my style has been pretty consistent. Again, kind of the my go-to models have always been, you know, dunks, whether that's uh, kind of your regular dunks or your SBs, um, Air Force Ones, Jordan Ones, Air Max Ones. Um, there's probably certain models that I was buying heavy early on that I don't. So for example, Air Max 95s, I used to love those. I used to buy a lot of those, uh, but not so much anymore. Um, Air Max 90s, I used to buy a ton of those. I'll pick some of those up every once in a while, but uh, it's very few far in between. Um, and then there's times where I might experiment with something. So, you know, I mentioned earlier, I'm not very big on Adidas, but there were times where I would pick up, uh, I forget the model, but Bait had a Adidas collab um, and it was kind of like a blue and red. I think it was kind of modeled after New York or something like that. And it was a really cool shoe. And I, I had that for a while, but I was like, eh, it's not really me. So, uh, yeah, there's been things that I've dabbled in, but I feel like the core of kind of my sneaker buying has pretty much been the same. Um, I will say the, the means of purchasing is probably the biggest difference. So again, you know, walking into stores back in the day and being able to pick up a lot of dope stuff. That was always kind of uh, a big thing for me. It just randomly walk into the mall, randomly walk into a skate shop and, and find some of these different shoes. Um, I was also big on buying on eBay back then. And uh, I've been scammed uh, <laughs> a couple of times, uh, picked up some fakes a couple of times because this was way back before eBay had their, you know, verification process and everything like that. But um, you know, so I was, my process was, Hey, I'll try to buy on eBay or I'm walking in store. Whereas, you know, you fast forward to now, a lot of things is heavy raffles. You know, you got the sneakers app, you got the Nike app and you know, all that. So the means of buying, I would say is kind of the biggest evolution for me personally, but I think kind of what I've stuck to is uh, more or less been the same, um, uh, you know, since college for me. Cool. You mentioned, a couple of pairs or maybe just one that have kind of stuck with you or had a lot of meaning. Are there others in the collection that really kind of you hold near and dear that you might never want to let go to, or maybe they're just favorites? Yeah. So um, some recent shoes that have kind of, and I kind of work my way backwards, but some recent shoes that hold a lot of weight, uh, for me is I want to was it 2017 that the Royal Ones uh, retro so that pair um, was really important to me because that was uh, the pair I had on when my daughter was born and so that was kind of you know I, I really tied that together of like man that was a, a significant moment in my life 
And then that was the shoes I had on. Um, and then also that pair, I've been to a ton of concerts in those, traveled to, you know, a bunch of different areas with those shoes. So that would, I would say, as far as recently in the last, you know, five years, that is one shoe that holds a uh, heavy weight, heavy significance for me, um, just because of all the things that happened with it. Um, some of the other shoes, not as great. Um, Can I only ask you because... about the Royals? Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Because this is Sneaker Dot, so I have to dig into this one a little yeah. bit. If there is more digging to do. I've had I've heard stories, I think a couple of people, at least on the podcast, have told me about pairs they were wearing when their children were born. But I don't think I've ever asked them if they planned to wear those. Now, did those like get broken out of the box? Okay, honey, my, my water broke. Wait a second, I, I gotta get these these DS Jordans out. Was it like that? Yeah, oh. so yeah, that, no, that, that's a good question. So it actually didn't even, you know, there was no planning. It was really because that was the pair of shoes that were at the door. Okay. Uh, so, you know, we're, so we had kind of, so the day before my daughter was actually born, we were at the mall and I was wearing the Royals. I was at the mall, you know, and we're, we're just kind of hanging out and buying stuff. And she's thinking, oh, wait, the baby's coming now. So we're rushing immediately to the hospital. So I'm thinking, hey, it's going to happen then didn't we go home we wake up the next morning and it's hey it's go time so i didn't really have time to be trying to figure out what the hell i'm going to put on it was we got to get out the door so since that was the last pair i had on and they were right there it just happened to work out that way of like and again that being one of and i, I find it crazy too because again with that being one of my favorite shoes of all time and that happened to be the pair of shoes that i wore and not even planning it, it just that's how things kind of worked out uh, that's why they just hold so much significance for me um, because I love that shoe. But then to kind of just go through those moments of panic and fear and excitement of, you know, trying to hurry up and 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 get in and my daughter be born. So. So aside from them being a favorite before and obviously a favorite now, that particular pair, when you lace them up, when you put them on, it's in your head. Hey, I'm going to something a meaningful. I'm going to a concert. I'm going on a trip. Yeah, these 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 have that memory. I'm going to build more memories. Yes. Yeah, so after, you know, after my daughter being born, I even made it a habit to say, OK, hey, when I'm doing something, I feel that might be significant. I'm going to have this pair with me. So every time I look at it and again, they're they're beat to this point. But it's like that's one of the, the most worn shoes in my collection, you know, since 2017. And so uh, I do make uh, uh, effort to wear those when I'm doing something. And, and even when I go do photo shoots, a lot of times that's the, the shoes I'm wearing. So it's like, I'm going to be in this creative space, got my favorite shoes on, let's figure out what's going on or let, let's create something. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely my, my go-to pair or when I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to do something of significance or, um, trying to get something done. Yeah. I think everyone can associate and relate to that, you know, it doesn't have to be a pair of sneakers if you're not a sneakerhead. It could be, you know, your favorite jacket or, or a hat or just something you're comfortable in and you, you feel good in for whatever reason, whether it's actual comfort or, or something, something in your head. So so I cut you off. You were going you were going uh, in reverse order, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I was going in reverse. And so um, another kind of very significant shoe for me um, that I held on to of. Uh, for, you know, that I've, I've, I didn't let go was 
there was a Tony Parker Air Force One from a pack Nike did called, I think it was called New Six, the New Six pack. Um, and at that time, it was a pack that they did an Air Force One for uh, Tony Parker, uh, Kobe Bryant, rest in peace, um, Amari Stoudemire, um, LeBron James, and I can't remember who the other two, uh, but the, at that time, I think these shoes came out maybe 2006, 2007. And so I came up on that pair of Tony Parker Air Force Ones. I traded a guy. Uh, for a bunch of stuff. So he had the shoes. I saw him with them. Um, I was like, hey, man, like, love those shoes. You know, what is it? You know, how, how can, you know, are you willing to sell them? I was basically asking, are you willing to sell them? And for a while, he's like, nah, you know, I don't want to sell them. I want to keep them. And, you know, so every once in a while when I would see him, I'd ask him about the pair. And he was finally ready to kind of give them up. And so at the time, I traded him uh, three fitted hats. So I gave him three fitted hats. It probably maybe was four. It was fitted hats, um, a couple of T-shirts. I don't even remember the brand. It might have been like Crooks and Castle or I don't know. It was just it was some streetwear brand that was was pretty popping at the time. Um, and then a bracelet that I found on a bus. Uh, so I basically traded him all this random stuff uh, for his shoes. And uh, what, and so I had them. So I was like, man, I got these Tony Park Air Force Ones. I love them. Um, and I put red laces in. I was like, man, these look amazing. You know, these, these look great. I'm gonna keep these forever. And what's funny is like two weeks later, I remember him telling me uh, that his mom wanted him to get the shoes back because she didn't like that he traded them. Um, I kept them, of course, but I, that was just a funny story that I basically traded them just the most random stuff that I had. But it was things that he wanted and he liked. So more power to him. But that was a pair that I held on to um, for a very long time. Um, and then there's also kind of some just non-hype um, dunk highs that I kept. Um, so there was when I first got into college and I got that first refund check. The first thing I did was I went to the Park Mall in Arlington, Texas, and bought these blue, brown, and kind of white uh, dunk highs. And the white uh, kind of had like this ostrich print. They were kind of trying to make them, you know, fancy. And so I loved those shoes. That was like, you know, no one could tell me nothing with those shoes. So that was one that, you know, I made sure to keep because that was like the first uh, shoe that I irresponsibly purchased. Um, and that I wore a whole lot, um, you know, got a lot of questions on. So that was a pair. And then also, I believe in that same year, there was another dunk high that was a uh, kind of maroon and cream uh, color. And so those were kind of some standouts that I had um, that just kind of meant something or there were moments behind it. Now, there's also other shoes that I kept that um, and not for any kind of significant reason, but it was like, man, I don't want to let these go. So like the Miss Pac-Man SB Dunk Lows, like when I got those, I kept those. That wasn't part of the 2017 sale of shoes I had. Um, the, um, I had the, uh, what do they call it? When Pigs Fly SB Dunk Highs, like the, the pink, uh, the pink suede with the, uh, the silver swoosh. I, I always loved those shoes. So I kept that, that pair. Um, a couple of other SBs that I was like, man, I can't let these go. Oh, the uh, 
I think they came out in 2017, the, uh, the Dunk Low U.S. Passports. Um, I kept those and, you know, maybe some other random ones. But yeah, that was just kind of like a bunch of the shoes where I'm like, hey, these are for sure going to stay in the collection no matter what. And those are all shoes I still have. Um, and as I'm telling these stories, it's funny because I don't feel like there's much significance behind a lot of the newer pairs that I have as far as like how I acquired them. A lot of it is just, hey, I got online or, hey, I hit on sneakers or whatever. Oh, you know what? I lied. There is one shoe uh, that I, I got um, pretty recently. I guess this was 2020. So uh, Dior, uh, the Dior uh, Jordan 1s, uh, the highs, I actually um, hit on those. So as everybody probably know, listening, they get the raffle where you sign up. And there was a bunch of locations, you know, I think in Miami, um, Las Vegas, there was like a spot in New York, and then a couple of places overseas, um, you know, to be able to pick up the shoes. And at the time, my friend Caduce that uh, I, I talked about earlier that I'm in college, um, you know, he, I was talking to him and I was like, man, you know, we can enter, but we're not going to win. Like, there's no way that I'm gonna get chosen for this shoe like this is a crazy hype shoe you know at the time they had Travis Scott promoting it you know it's all it's a $2,000 shoe I never spent that much money on a shoe like just all this kind of stuff behind it but I was like yeah he's like you know like if you get it man I'll I'll pay half I'll buy it like just enter you know so he's I'm like okay cool you know let me go ahead and, and enter my name and um, I was like, hey, let's pick the same location just in case like they, they call us or whatever. So, you know, we picked Vegas um, as, as far as the, like the store pickup. And so uh, I don't remember where I was at, but I remember getting the phone call from the Dior store and I'm looking at my phone. No, no. Let me back up. It was the email first. The email came and I'm like jaw to the floor. Like, is this real? Because, you know, there's people who do these scams maybe I entered on the wrong form. Who knows? Like it's all these, these scenarios that could happen. So I'm thinking this can't be legit. So I immediately call my friend and he's, I think he's on a trip. Like he's not even in Texas. He's somewhere else. And I'm like, bro, I, I got the email. Like, I can't believe this. Like it's telling me to do X, Y, Z. Like, did you get it? He checks his, he hits two. And I'm like, no, there's no way. There's no way both of us got selected. This is like, ain't no way. And so, you know, we're, we're hype about it. We're talking and, you know, it tells you to do some, some certain things to be able to kind of get your appointment scheduled. So I get the phone call from them and I'm just looking like, man, is this like, this is really happening. So I'm talking to the guy, he's congratulations, you know, he's trying to set it up and I'm like inside, I'm like, man, what is going on? Like I actually got selected for this, this is crazy. And so I'm trying to figure out, okay, well, I didn't even really think how I'm going to like figure out how to get there. Like I work, so I can't just like disappear to go pick up some, you know, $2,200 shoes. And so, um, you know, I talked to Mel and I'm like, man, I hit like, she's like, what? Like, she can't believe it. Things are crazy. So I was like, Hey, let's like, just book a flight. We'll turn it into like a, a quick weekend trip. So, you know, we figure all that out. So that was just crazy. You know, that, that shoe stand that sticks out to me just because of all of the stuff that was going on. You know, come to find out there was like millions of people who signed up. And then for me and one of my best friends to both hit, granted, we didn't get to go together to pick them up um, because they called him for a later pickup day. Um, but, you know, just the fact that both of us hit, 
you know, I'm, I'm flying out. Like I, I don't fly out to go get shoes. Like that was never a thing. So just being able to fly out and get those. And so I've been sitting on those. I'm like, man, you know, I probably will never wear this shoe because it's crazy expensive. So I, I got him like, man, this will be a nice down payment uh, for a house. So I just kind of sit on, uh, sit on that. But that's just always a crazy uh, a story as far as like recently um, with, with what's going on, um, you know, just in the sneaker where you don't really have those kind of stories. So that was, that was definitely a, a really big one, a really significant one uh, for me to, to, to hit a shoe like that. Absolutely. Thanks for sharing that. And thanks for sharing the other ones. Before I let you go, I want to hear a little bit if you could share without maybe letting the cat out of the bag. You know, I know creatives don't want to necessarily tell everything they're doing or maybe, you know, you're you're happy with what you're doing. What can we look for you in the future on your Instagram from your content? Is there anything you could share um, to the listeners? Yeah. So um I'm in this space right now. I kind of have a love-hate relationship with Instagram. So there are moments where I'm like, oh, I'm going to stop pumping my content out. But um, I always got to dig myself out of the hole. I think I think that's what all creators where they're like, oh, man, I'm not good enough. I don't think this is this going to hit. And so as far as my plan and what I want to do is I just want to keep pushing myself. I mean, that might as generic as that might sound. I just want to keep continuing to uh, push myself to create. Uh, the best images that I can, incorporating the things that I love, shoes, you know, my family, hats, tying all that together and just continue to to create um, these visuals that I feel like stand out is something different, something I love. And, and that's what that's really how things go. I'm not posting things for likes or anything like that. It's just more so being able to showcase something. So uh, really people could just expect me to do more or less some of the same thing, but just try to, to up the antics, try to get more creative, try to come up with more ideas, um, and then just keep putting together really dope outfits. And so uh, that's what I'm going to continue to strive uh, to doing. Because again, a lot of this is just things that are hobbies for me and just passions. And I want them to stay like that. So that is things that I enjoy. So I just want to keep creating. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I look forward to uh, seeing more of your creations. And uh, I look forward to us chatting again. You know, I, I say this to everyone, but having the luxury of having a conversation with someone which we hardly talked before, like some people I, I chat a little bit with, we had very little conversation. And, uh, you know, it's really cool to get to know you better. And uh, uh, yeah, you know, I'll definitely keep in touch. And uh, I know our listeners will, uh, will follow you for those who don't and uh, really enjoy this. So thanks for sharing everything. It was great. It was a great conversation. Yeah, man, I, I appreciate it. Like I said, uh, uh, thanks for the outreach. Uh, I know I took some time just because with me, not being a big talker, I'm like, man, is this something that I can do? But this was, was really fun. It was really dope um, being able to just tell and share some of these stories with, you know, somebody like you who is has been involved in all this and with you being older and being able to relate to a lot of the stuff that I talk about. I think that's what's really dope. And uh, that's kind of the, I guess, the last little piece or message where I really just kind of love the not only the hat community, but the sneaker community, because it allows people from different walks of life uh, to be able to connect, make a connection, build friendships, um, you know, regardless of background or where you came from. This is just like a way to unite people. And it's really I, I met a lot of uh, dope individuals. I've been in the rooms with some really cool people um, just off of that. So. Again, John, with you um, extending the, you know, the, the handout and, and showing love, I really appreciate it.
big thanks to Chris for coming on the podcast. I'm looking forward to seeing what else he has in store and to keep the conversation going. You can find him at CB5950 on Instagram. You can find me at Heads Ain't Ready. Sneaker Dads is on YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as at sneakerdads.com. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Later. Later.